I wanted to have the big challenges. I was not happy if it's just another app or something for leisure. I wanted to do something where I was thinking that the government is not performing right. Technology helps to be a front runner. Technology by itself also needs front runner people to bring it to life, to make products out of it, to find the right place of time. If you're too far ahead and too far advanced with your technology, customers are not there yet. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About Tech. It's my great pleasure to introduce you today to Sabine Walch, a serial entrepreneur from Vienna, Austria, at the birthday of Bitcoin. It is in fact actually today where we record this, the birthday of Bitcoin, and we will also speak about the Web3 after a little bit. So welcome, Sabine. Thanks. Great to have you. Um, Tell us a little bit about your childhood and, you know, the stories you have never told. What made you an entrepreneur? What was the key influence? What drove you to this journey? Oh, actually, I think it's a, it's a really big part of how I became today and uh, all those uh, experiences I could achieve so far. Uh, I think our LinkedIn uh, connected somehow to, to the upbringing or I think also to my parents, maybe more than I wish it was like that. Um, so my upbringing is basically in Upper Austria. So it's the rural area of Austria, um, exactly at the German border. Uh, so it's nothing too fancy, no big cities, just uh, uh, local areas. We have like two breweries and two churches. That's the place where I, I lived um, until I was uh, 14. And the whole experience there was uh, that you could decide what you do outside because there was uh, not really a playground or nothing done there. So everything you wanted to have to, to play, you had to build by yourself. So we were those kids uh, that you see in the movies that did the tree houses. I do not know how much it is still like that, but it, when I grew up, it was. Uh, so we, we met and we brought whatever we found, like on tools that we found at home or like what the environment provided, like the wood. And we built our, our, our forces and places to so you did woodcrafting yourself, together with your brother, I assume. Yes, I think my brother was a really big influence. So having a bigger brother is always a, a competitor, competitor for you, so that you also want to do the same, to achieve the same. And it's also good that it's uh, older because then you you go out of your comfort zone because you want to do the same things even though you are not at the same age. Uh, so yes, this was also a big influence and also this energy uh, came back in the days when I wanted to compete with him, when I wanted to do the same things. Um, he started to play the drums. So I wanted to start the drums as well. And again, like my parents, they, they supported all my decisions uh, back then. And so I was allowed to explore if it's soccer or playing the drums or whatever came to my mind. So growing up with a brother, um, you did a lot of boys stuff, it sounds like, but I also know that you did ballet, which is a total girls thing, isn't uh, it? Actually, I think the, the high paid ballet professionals are indeed also men or like men. Uh, so for the due, you need both genders. Um, so yes, that's, that's true. I was uh, starting uh, ballet when I was uh, at the age of three. 
It's a good and good uh, time to start uh, to to uh, explore what your body is capable of, and that you also uh, learn the discipline in a young age because ballet is really structured, and it's uh, it's more that you follow when the experience of an of a uh, coach. And uh, yes, I started ballet, and the, the first part is totally right. Like most of the things that I've, I've experienced were. Today you would call it boys related. So that you get muddy, that you that you decide what you do, that all those things. I think it is back in the days we called it like boys stuff, but I think it's the it's the free will mindset that you explore and do you do your things on your terms and you discover what you like and what you don't like, what you're good at and what you're not good at. I love it. It's a diversity mindset that you actually bring here. Um, so with with this development and all the things that you did and, and, and the dancing and then um, being in a high school where you still danced. When did you decide that you want to go to Vienna, study at uh, the University of Business and Economics and uh, eventually become an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, we are so glad that we in Austria have this uh, free education. So uh, it does not matter what's the income of your parents. You, you can decide that you become a PhD without having any debts. So I think that's really unique. And uh, it, it was also helpful for me because I did not have that clear vision what I want to become so that I want to be in this profession. Uh, so uh, studying like business economics is perfect for those people who are kind of generalists and I would call myself that. So I will not be an expert in something, but I am an expert in a lot of things and these people are highly needed as well. So to combine the experts that we do have. And yes, uh, Vienna is a great place where we have a, a, um, good universities and they also um, uh, support you in your entrepreneurial um, uh, development. So it means what I achieved at the university was not the grades by itself. It was that already it was supported that you uh, have a business idea, that you form a team, that you uh, put your back into it and you, you bring it to life. And uh, they supported us with facilities, with all the things that you don't have in the beginning. And I'm pretty glad that we have a university that does, does so. Great. And I know you decided for the shovel in the gold rush, you decided for business law to be specific, and you actually worked also in corporate legal for the local grid provider of the city of Vienna. Um, why didn't you stay there? I think it's on both worlds, it's it's pretty interesting to, to experience the corporate and the big and the governmental side. Uh, why? Uh, because you feel that whatever is done, it needs to be done in a bigger scale. You need also the big infrastructure. So you, it's not only a company, it's a governmental-backed company. So it's also highly regulated and it provides all Viennese citizens with uh, electricity and gas. Um, so yes, I worked in the law department there. Um, what is not too common because you can study normal law and then work in a, in a, in a law firm, for example. But I had to deal with uh, grid providing, with um, uh, um, digging, with uh, damages on the pipes due to so construction the, work. So the developers basically destroying infrastructure. Exactly. So yeah. and this is this was the, the so this was the interesting part that it's not like a, like a case law or like a corporate or contract law. Something is on paper. It's actually happening on outside. So we also had to go sometimes there and visit the damaged pipes. So you deal with, uh, yeah, construction work and it's still law and also it provides the whole Austrian, uh, the Viennese city, uh, citizen. So that's the interesting part 
that you have it on a big scale, that you provide for uh, everyday needs and you have a big company and what to do and deal with it every day to support this. And I assume you sued a, a lot of those developers that did some damage. We had to, because if we would not, then uh, the the Viennese people need to pay it. So I saved the Viennese people the money if we were successful in uh, suing them for the damages, because otherwise, uh, yeah, we have, all of us has to pay it. Thank you. I'm always very vocal about reducing tax load here in Austria. Um, so after this and after your university career or actually during the university career I know you started your first startup and you had this tendency and you still have to write trends of innovation you always stick to technology trends you were you were pioneering in several different fields um, run us a little bit through your journey from laboratories over the web 3 towards artificial intelligence and uh, later we will speak a little bit about what's coming next Yeah, yes, indeed. Um, so this technology-drivenness is comes out of curiosity. So I am always driven by something that is new and not has been there or not has been done yet. And I want to be a person of doing so. So technology helps to be a front runner. Uh, and uh, when you don't have any books that you can find out, oh, how it is done. So it's yourself that you, it needs to be enabling those, those technology. So the technology by itself also need the front runner people to bring it to life, to make products out of it and also to find the right place of time means If you're too far ahead and too far advanced with your technology, your audience or your customers are not there yet. So you need to find this uh, sweet spot of this perfect combination in being front runner and also like having the adaption. Um, by so the product market fit. Yeah. The product market fit is more on a commercial side, but beside that, it's still the customer that needs your technology or like are able to use them. Like if you think about ChatGPT or like when, when it started uh, and on the web free, so for people who have the first like Bitcoins as it's diversity today, um, had to make their own wallets. So when they, they, it was easier access for, for the broader audience to have Bitcoin or like we have now the stocks exchange or uh, so on um, and the uncustodial wallets. So now it's more accessible. So that's the user side. So the technology is more like you bring it to the user and you make the user ready for your technology. Right. There's always an interdependency of technology and adoption. Um, I can follow that. Um, there's always this criticism that um, there is a lack of female entrepreneurship. Um, and some of those critics say that um, men are not as scared of new technologies. You don't seem scared at all of new technologies. Have you, have you ever had fear that something that you touch is too complex? Um, it's super interesting. And when I reflect on, and it was really interesting that you brought up the childhood as well. When I reflect, everything that I have achieved is because of men. So, and I'm proud to say that. So I was always like uh, uh, curious by myself and I was bringing myself in, into this position. So I want to find out about it. I want to start if it is snowboarding, skateboarding, whatever. So you are need to be the person who are, is, uh, has the will to, to explore it. Otherwise it's a, It's forcing. So I cannot force you to do ballet tomorrow. So it needs to be your, your free will. So, and then you get 
the support of other people as well. So in, when I was curious of doing so and exploring technology, or I also started in a web free, I, I've never coded in my life, uh, unfortunately. And I think it's a good, good idea because there are more gifted per- people. Um, but those people who are gifted or like great developers uh, in, in web free, um, they also need the, 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 the new mindset. So the, as we had before, the user mindset. So how it can be uh, developed their gift and, uh, and the, the end product should fit than the user and so this person is always a missing link or important link and I'm happy to be that person even though I'm okay to not be an expert in your field I'm not an expert in the developing side uh, but when we work together then it's uh, it's a good fit. So you brought the business acumen to the tech nerds but it doesn't sound like the man actually gave you everything that made you successful. I think you just challenged them and learned from them and had a quite symbiotic approach to that. Yeah, indeed. It should not be that I, I was given or like, uh, no, it was like I was supported. And if I asked, I was never called, no, that's nothing for you because you're a woman. I never heard that. So it was, oh, it's interesting that you're interested. Hey, let me uh, let me tell you, let me show you, let me teach you. And then also um, that I was able to get uh, responsible for my own projects or the own companies. Um, yes, uh, this was a symbiotic uh, experience, I guess. Yeah, so I would sum up and say that as the first hurdle is that you go out, actually meet people, challenge them, learn from them, and bring your own experience, your own talents to the table and create something together. Yes, it so. starts with you, your personal free will and decision. Okay. Um, run us a little bit through the companies that you have built. First one starting in university, I remember. Yes, yes. Like I wanted to have the big challenges, so I was not uh, uh, happy if it's just another app or like something for leisure or whatever. So I wanted to do something where I was thinking that the government is not performing right. So it was the med tech area. So when you in Austria you go to the doctor, you have to pay them by yourself sometimes, and then you hand it to your insurance company and you get it refunded. So and. That makes no sense that this data is not digitized. So, and I uh, thought, okay, hey, this could be a product or this is a need that everybody in Austria needs. And so I created the company and because the, the, the problem that we wanted to solve, we were then a GovTech. And if you're a GovTech, then you need to deal and to work together with governmental uh, organizations, uh, insurance companies and so on. And so the, the problem that we wanted to tackle were that big, that we needed to become bigger than we are at the moment. Um, but this experience was great uh, to, to find out if there is something inefficient and in you from your tech side or from the from industry that you come or like you mentioned startups, uh, then it's interesting that you bring the best words together. So you have the the innovation from the startup field, bringing to the big problems. Uh, and this was uh, the experience that I first started. And yes, it was indeed, I didn't even finish uh, university. I was at university, was already work, working also beside that full-time in a uh, consulting company, and then started my first uh, startup. And uh, we were also able to move over the border already. So with this, we already moved to Germany. Um, short before the pandemic uh, but it was interesting to see that when you have a good product uh, there are no borders and like right now we have so many products that work in the internet so in the internet area or web free so there are less borders than have ever been before and then the pandemic hit and uh, suddenly your rollout was a little bit blocked and you extremely fast made a switch and went into laboratory infrastructure for COVID. 
yeah, the end result was the uh, me being with white uh, 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 stuff in the in the laboratory and work under this uh, um, uh, secure systems to really work on samples on COVID samples. It was the, it was the result. It was not the start. Yes, the pandemic started. And when you remember back, it was the year, it was March uh, 2020. And we felt like uh, this uh, kind of fear and security about the future. And then you had the feeling you want to do something. You want to help or you want to be a part of the solution. And this feeling was so intense that we uh, um, managed to get together with a lot of experts. So I was scared because I was not able to provide anything in the medical field before because I was no nurse or had no experience in that. But I was a tech entrepreneur and another tech entrepreneur then uh, called us together and we were like at the end 120 volunteers from developers, from lawyers, from uh, uh, all those areas that you need. And we created uh, the European's first open sourced contact tracing app. So when you have a product that is uh, so... Um, important about privacy or what it does with data and how it works, then the best solution is to be totally transparent how it works, what you're doing with it. So all those stuff, it was able to uh, be provided by the open source of the, of the code. And uh, the really interesting part is that we were able to provide for the government of Georgia. So our contact tracing app, like made by the volunteers, by just the purpose of doing something, doing something good, um, and then having a product that's running in, in a country like Georgia, and I've never been in Georgia, but the app was running there. This was uh, totally interesting, and everything hit so fast. And from the app, um, later, then we had also the, 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 uh, the trouble of the medical uh, personnel, that they were missing the, the sticks for performing the PCR tests. And it is well known in the, in the medical field that you can do it with the Slava, so with goggling, that you also can perform the PCR. So the Austrian um, medical uh, um, experts uh, on the Vienna Biocenter um, were able to perform the PCR on it, but then they had no, had no infrastructure. So there was the first survey, it was still like before Easter, before the first shutdowns, they were able to uh, to do the survey in Austrian schools. It was 11 schools. And from the, we, from the tech side, we provided the full infrastructure. So that when I have a sample and you, you pull it together, who's in there and all those things. And this blueprint infrastructure was later also rolled out in all Austria. And like we were like a front runner uh, in, in, in the world, like doing PCR on the goggling. And then we have it, like it's technology that solves problems that are unsolvable because you could not have, you have supply chain troubles. So you, even if you have money, you could not get more sticks. So you find something else. And I think this is also a kind of entrepreneurial uh, mindset that if there's the door, then you find other ways, then you dig or whatever. So you find the solution for um, the barriers that are there. And then you had a change of mind again or got somehow triggered and entered into the Web3 space and later into artificial intelligence. How did that come about? Yes, I had always the, the saying for myself, like, if I'm not the best per per person to do so, I'm ready to find another challenge. It means like this, uh, this, this medical or goggling setup came into routine. So there was no need of having the front runner person. So when everything worked perfect and we have a, a sophisticated uh, product, then I found out to get new challenges. And one of the biggest challenges then was to have the technology again from Web3 um, not have implemented in daily lives. 
Uh, Austria is also, uh, uh, again, a pioneer. We had the first uh, crypto stamp of the world. And the company who was behind the first crypto stamp, they uh, had a, a common product. It was Austrian wine. And we tokenized the wine. So we had the platform that you have not only the physical product and also uh, the NFT. And it was far before the hype of NFT that we started this. And so I was able to have, again, the technology uh, put it in everyday products. And what is our aim, I think, for the Web3 is that we have it uh, in usage, that people use it and explore what you can do with it. And there's so many more possibilities. Why didn't you stay in, in, in the Web3 space? Yes, it was this trigger again. <laughs> so when we, we had the product and NFT and it, it was up and running and people can buy it. So I need to have the next challenges. And it was like uh, January um, 2022 that I uh, experienced uh, the team of Austrians. Uh, they had a background in physics and they are bright minds and they challenge the status quo of how to use artificial intelligence. Because right now we have those um, uh, industries, like most of the time across the uh, uh, ocean, like from America, that tell us we need big data, we need to know everything about you, I need to source a lot of data and then combine it with other data and then I can give you a result. And they challenged the status quo totally and they invented the little data approach means you only use the small data that really gives you good examples and you get rid of all the noise that, that dilutes your good examples and uh, I heard about them and like I was really impressed and I also saw what you can do with it so I like that things work I like that I get good recommendation I like that AI does something for me but what I do not like is those power of giving away so much information, so much data. So what is the trade-off? Do I like the trade-off for the result? And when you think about in the future that you will have dynamic pricing and all those things, so there are some things that will come ahead uh, that are understandable from the from the provider side, uh, from the industry, but me, me as a user, I don't like it too much. And if there is a solution for it, I was so happy that they found it. And I wanted to support this team and to make this product again, like come to life and to have it challenging this Google and Amazon uh, um, products in status quo. And this is what we did out of Austria. So you created your portfolio once again, um, a little bit, you, you, you built it bigger right, in the end. Um, and uh, I, I would definitely name, name you a, a multi-genius, right? Um, this is, is very interesting, this company building in series. And uh, now I know that you are out of this project again, obviously because it was a trigger, I would assume. Um, and uh, I have a sense that you're going back into the Web3. What is your vision for the Web3? What, what are trends that you see And I mean, today is the birthday of Bitcoin, right? And everybody says 2024 is the year of crypto. Um, so why now? And what within Web3 is interesting for you? Yeah, right now, Web3 or the, the future, what I see is uh, an upcoming trend is the, the tokenization. Again, the tokenization for everyday, not products or like assets. In that case, uh, why do I see it? Like 
we have this same uh, um, developments in uh, as a society all the time. So when you had the first farmer who was uh, harvesting um, uh, rice, for example, and go to the market and sell it. So yes, but then you right now you trade all those commodities are uh, under, under, uh, uh, traded on stock exchanges. So this development from the harvesting on the field to have it like on a digitized platform and then the value, the price is made by those, uh, those stock exchanges, for example, so we have these developments. So I see those things in the future as well. Why do I see it? Because we have the te technology for it. So the Web3 is exactly this, that you have not one, uh, one party that is ruling it. So that decides uh, the price, for example, of commodities. So the Web3 can provide exactly that, that we have it in a decentralized way. And also the participation means when you don't have money, it's hard for you to participate on this, uh, um, the interest rate, for example, on, on assets. So you have to have money to get money is not too nice if you want to include more uh, people. And this tokenization, again, gives you, because of the smaller fraction, the possibility to also participate in this uh, interest gaining or in this wealth gaining uh, based on assets. And this sure. is, yeah democratizing assets, right? I mean, we, we have this in our portfolio, eLoop, the uh, car sharing provider, fully electric car sharing provider here in Vienna um, with a 100% Tesla fleet actually has tokenized their fleet, right? And uh, there's also more to come. There's a partnership with Peak, uh, mm -hmm. a protocol that is specialized on real world assets. Um, but it sounds like you are focused a little bit more on security tokens and yet another level of tokenization of real-world commodities. Yeah. So it's, again, like the, the product that it will be is not in a, fo in a focus. It is the technology that is enabling something. And you have a perfect example. I don't think that we should own cars. Most of the time, they are just outside and blocking beautiful streets. Uh, so, but we want to have mobility. And if I want to have secure mobility, I want to come from A to B and the technology, like the behind is the, techno the, uh, the tokenization of a fleet, for example. So yes, then the technology enabled what we have wanted to have, the mobility. And so I don't know if it, this one product that I mentioned, it was just an, uh, a glimpse of what we can do or like why it is um, the right time because we had this development like before again, like in, in digitization itself. And uh, I want to do it, uh, the, I want to combine the technology with the purpose of uh, giving something to people that they want to use and want to need uh, or they do need. Well, we'll stay curious in how you will drive the future. I understand that cars standing around are more stability rather than mobility. Um, I actually like that. Um, we will follow your path. I'm sure you guys will do as well. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. It was great to have you, Sabina. Always great to chat with you. And I wonder if you are the next Elon Musk of you. Let's see where this goes. Thank you.